Everyone, everyone, it is holiday time, and we are so excited here at TV Channeling to be bringing the holidays to you. We decided, well, first of all, Kevin, how are you? I'm dreaming <laughs> of a widescreen Christmas. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing fine, Tachi. How are you? Happy oh, holidays. Happy holidays, my friend. I, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm even more fantastic because we're about to throw down for the audience. Well, kind of throw down. We decided. It's a holiday throwdown. It's a holiday throwdown. It's a hold. Oh, I keep doing that. That's not a hold down. That's a terrible word. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. For some reason, the, the word hoedown makes me think of the uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, but I'm oh, not damn. sure why. <laughs> the views expressed by Kevin No Malone are not necessarily the views of TV channeling. Don't come after me, Sheree. <laughs> but they are. They're not necessarily, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> <You know what>? <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk so about Tachi, the holidays. Tell the people why the hell we're here right now. Well, we're here because we decided we had so much fun. We did a holiday special last year. I'm sure you all remember it fondly because we got a huge response to it and people had so much fun with it. We decided we are going to reissue it so you can know what our favorite top five holiday specials or movies of all time were. But of course, as usual, we cheat. So it's really more than five and we had more that we wanted to add, but we had to limit ourselves. So we decided we were each going to add Add one more to the list, and then you get to hear our top five of all time. Yeah, we're going to add one or one-ish. Here we go. Here we go. This <laughs> one right here. All right, Tachi. So what is your sixth or seventh favorite <laughs> holiday movie or TV show or special of all time? Or eighth or ninth. Actually, so this <laughs> this is kind of cheating, but not really cheating. I, as you know, am a Whovian, which means I am absolutely in love with Doctor Who. I love all of Doctor Who. And as you know, they do Christmas specials every year on Christmas Eve, no doubt. So, you know, everybody else, don't call me on Christmas Eve because I'll be watching the Doctor Who Christmas special. So, though, that is my sixth or seventh or eighth all of the doctor who christmas specials but i have a special affinity for david tennant who played the 10th doctor so i like um the christmas specials there, there's a couple of christmas specials so there's the christmas invasion that he did there's also the runaway bride i think the runaway bride is really one of my favorites with him and then there's the voyage of the damned so with kylie minogue in it which was a good one so Oh, Kylie. Well, I love how you say that you have an affinity for him as opposed to what all the legal papers say that you're stalking him and that you must stay at least 100 yards away from the man. So affinity, potato, potato. You know what? If that were true, I would have been to London by now <laughs> <laughs> to find his flat. But, you know, he knows he's his my husband in my head. So, which is but, why he's afraid to come into the states anymore. 
You know what? Stop it, Kevin. <laughs> Stop it. Don't don't be talking about me and my man like that. <laughs> You'll be hearing from his his legal team. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's that is always something to look forward to um for people who love sci-fi. Every Christmas, uh a new Doctor Who special and they really do it up. They increase the budget and it's like a it's like a movie every Christmas. It is. It is. And I think it's something different. Of course, I'm a huge sci-fi fan. Not everybody else is, but you know, sometimes you want to break from the syrup of the holiday season, the syrupy sweetness of the holiday season, and you need a little bit of edge in terms of action adventure. This, the Doctor Who Christmas specials are excellent. And I'm, you know, this is a little bittersweet one, the one that's coming up this Christmas Eve, because this is going to be Peter Capaldi's last as a doctor. He's leaving Doctor Who, and you know that the next doctor is going to be a woman. So usually, you know, he's a time lord. They usually burn kind of like a like a phoenix would, and in the ashes, a new phoenix rises. So that's what's going to be happening. So we'll be introduced to the next doctor I think, well, I don't know if it will be on this special, but I'm hoping it will be. Yeah, that would be monumental if we got a glimpse of the new female Doctor uh, for the first time. So, wow, even Doctor Who turn, is turning out to be transgender. So, they're finally moving with the times. You know what? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> the transgender inception of Doctor Who to Kevin's sixth or seventh or whichever one because i know you're about to cheat so just tell us what it is ah it's not really cheating it's uh -huh, i knew it it's cheating lighter not even really you know what it's an emotional thing it's not even physical anyway <laughs> um what? what the hell does that mean <laughs> okay so my uh favorite holiday uh like eighth or ninth thing of all time is actually something that started just a few years ago it started in uh uh 2013 with uh nbc's the sound of music the lives a sound of music live and i look forward uh every year now to these live musical events i mean they really made it something because the whole idea of uh making something on television making a broadcast kind of um uh dvr proof to uh to make people actually want to watch something live you have to do some kind of big event and so they decided to do that with the uh sound of music live and it actually worked i mean even though carrie underwood was not the best actress the way it was staged um and uh and everything made it really an event and it was really kind of exciting and a lot of people i knew were like watching it at the moment it was happening so it was so cool to be able to talk to people about something the next day and not have to do like spoiler alert no we all saw it so <laughs> i'm not waiting for someone else to watch it six months from now and then want to talk about it like it happened yesterday so um so they did uh, it's like i said before it started in 2013 with the uh, sound of music live which had over 20 million viewers and they did uh they did peter pan which was a lot less successful was not great 
followed by the Wiz that actually they spent like a dollar on doing it because they got so burned by uh, the big budget Peter Pan. But the Wiz did great. The ratings were back up significantly. And then in 2015, they did Hairspray. So this year they were supposed to do Bye Bye Birdie starring uh, Jenny from the block. But apparently Jenny is still busy overhanging out on the block. (laughs) So we won't be getting Bye Bye Birdie this year because apparently her schedule is uh, the uh, word from NBC that her schedule is too busy. She's too booked up. It's like, wait a minute, this was announced a year ago, and so she just figured out that she's busy this week. She got stuff Money to do now. <laughs> Money talks. Seriously, so. I would appreciate less bigger stars and actually uh, coming across with the special. So, um, but what they did do, instead of giving us a special this uh, Christmas, they let us know that, wait a minute, we got you on Easter, y'all. This Easter, we're going to be doing Jesus Christ Superstar live. So, um, so that's going to be interesting, but I'm loving these live events. What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. I'm sorry. I was singing from Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, it would be, it would be even scary if you were just singing from some random thing that had nothing to do with like, what the hell is going (laughs) on? Jesus Christ Superstar I don't know why I love Jesus Christ Superstar so much but I really do so I'm excited about that one yeah so that's going to be a cool event but there but but Fox has also gotten into the act in the past I mean they Mm -hmm. did Grease Live which to me was the best one ever because the idea that Grease Live actually filmed uh, filmed it in an actual movie studio and they actually used the movie studio and changed locations and had the cast on golf carts riding all around it was really truly event and at the end they had an actual carnival outside it was spectacular it was like some kind of hybrid between the actual stage musical and the movie it was spectacular and another live event they had was the passion uh on uh fox uh the easter before last and so they've gotten into the act and they're really getting into the act thank goodness we're gonna have something live depending on when you hear this it's uh the christmas story the movie the live musical version mm-hmm. is gonna be happening on on December 17th. And if you're hearing this after December 17th, um, it, it, chances are it's going to be rebroadcast once or twice before the holidays are over. So check your local listings for that. And it is starring Matthew Broderick and one of my favorite people of all time, SNL alum, Maya Rudolph, who isn't, is never used enough. So I am so excited that she's going to be in this. Anyway, so I think it's going to be spectacular. So that is my sixth or 18th favorite holiday <laughs> thing is these live events that happen every Christmas now, except, except for you, J-Lo. <laughs> you know what? I heard the venom of that. This, you know, this is why Ben Affleck left you. Yeah, uh-huh. He knew this was coming. The views expressed by Kevin No Malone are not necessarily the views <laughs> of TV channeling. Yeah, I was fooled by the oh rocks that you got. This is uh this there was such venom spewed at J Lo. I, I still love you. Bronk boogie down, you know, to the fullest. Still love you. Kevin, on the other hand, I don't know, he's a little mad, so you might want to get yourself together and get hop it on over to NBC and do this special. I, I do want to say one thing about about the specials. Yeah. I again I'm 
I'm so such a purist when it comes to these things that I hate when iterations of these stories get messed up. So I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. I'm excited for the Christmas story, but if they mess it up, I'm going to be mad as hell. Same thing with any of these things. Well, okay. Again, I think we have to look at them for what they are. I think that's the reason why I feel like my favorite one is the Grease one. It's because the idea that this is a live event. This is a TV live event. And trying to basically just film a stage play and not take advantage of the fact that this is a filmed live event, to Mm. me, is the mistake that some of them have made. Uh, so take advantage of the fact that you're, this is a TV thing and go outside, do all kinds of crazy things and make it a true happening. And so I'm hoping, uh, again, Fox with their Fox's passion was a spectacular kind of, uh, uh, TV event here in the States, even though it's been done other places. For those of you who don't remember it, they basically tell the story of, uh, of, uh, you know, the crucifixion and, um, resurrection, with pop songs they take regular pop songs and they kind of make them fit into the mix but it's been it's been happening all around the world for years and they did it the first time um uh the easter before last here and for some reason tyler perry was involved i have no idea why but anyway he was (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) it was good regardless i was i was like wait a minute i don't know but it turned out to actually be tyler perry couldn't mess up the story of the passion of the Christ. okay well that's um now he tried but <laughs> try he as you might so... jesus saved <laughs> this one okay <laughs> yeah so it was really good so i feel like make it a happening and realize that it's not going to be uh for you purist out there you know what you need to get a little bit sullied it's not pure. Well, you know what? So. I don't expect it to be 100% pure. They, every time they redo a movie or a television show or something, I know it's not going to be the same. And I mean, we were even told this in film school. There are no new stories. It's the new angle you bring to the old stories. I get that. But I need to see something different, something something new, something unexpected. Like you said, get out of the damn studio, make it big, make it an event. And I would even say, do it in front of the audience, an an audience, because what makes a live event, a live event is the audience. One half of it is about the players in the show. The other half is the audience and their response to things. And actors really, and when you're in the theater, you feed off of the audience and how well it's going. You could tell when an audience is like, mm, not feeling it. So I think that if they did it in front of a live audience, that it would really do something for the show too. That's just me. Now, did you did you see Grease live by any chance? I didn't see Grease live. Was there an audience there? Okay, no, that's what that was part of the what made it the magic magical. Even though they had different locations, they had at the opening part there were parts of the scenes that they did where they were actually had audiences that actually fit, like where there's the the big dance kind of uh, section of the thing where they're having the high school dance. There's an audience there on the bleachers. It was phenomenal. There were several sections where there was audiences where there could be, and then when they had the spectacular end when they actually ran outside of the studio and there was an actual real uh, carnival outside and they had they finished the show outside at the real carnival there were regular people there too losing their minds it was it truly was an event it's by far my favorite live event it was so spectacular to do that so far nbc 
hasn't had a full audience. They did have seem to have an audience during part of uh, the finale uh, in Hairspray uh, because they also they made that bigger. Hairspray was a lot bigger than uh, uh, in scope than The Wiz was. And so they kind of, I think they borrowed from the success of Grease Live when they did Hairspray last year. So, um, yeah, I think audiences are a, a huge part of it, too. So I'm really looking forward to uh, what uh, Fox is going to be doing with the Christmas story. Oh, Wiz, you were handed a raw deal. You came at the wrong time. <laughs> well, it, it, the, the mistake it was it followed that horrible, horrible, horrible Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and shockingly enough, I was surprised. I thought that Tyler Perry was involved, but he had no involvement in it. But it was really bad anyway. <laughs> so you were you because it was so terrible. You expected for Tyler Perry to have his name attached to it. Is that? I thought he was involved in some. I was looking through the credits at the end. I'm thinking, what? He has nothing to do with this because this is really bad. But anyway, um, yeah. So Peter Pan was so horrible. They spent a lot of money on Peter Pan, and so after that debacle and the ratings plummeted, and again, and for some reason they didn't realize in the in in like the two thousand teens that people or didn't want to see like a, a, a 30 year old woman uh, wearing tights pretending to be like a 12 year old boy and so yeah it didn't work <laughs> plus let's be honest for those of you who don't remember I don't know if you treasured the Peter Pan story I mean it's like all crazy racist with the whole uh, Native American thing uh, the way they're treated in that story anyway not cool so um, and they and it was kind of an unflinching remaking. So it was yeah, it was just it felt clunky and it was bad and people did not watch it. And so when they there was a question if they'd even do another one after that. So they decided to do the Wiz, but they scaled back the 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 uh, budget. If you look at it, it was it was successful. People were excited, and the girl they cast mm-hmm. was a newcomer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was her first thing ever, and it was and she was she did a spectacular job, but. They spent like a dollar on it, and it's because they stayed in the same damn place the entire time. <laughs> exactly. So they like the easing. They they, they they eased down the eased down the road in place. They did not. There was no road to ease down. No. It was, so it was really bad. Well, and but, and it was. Good. But the singing was great. It, oh, it was really great. It was really great. But they could have been again. The Wiz is a big story. Oz is a big place, and they really could have benefited by having it bigger. So it just it just kind of seems like I and we know it's because it followed people. Peter Pan, but it just kind of seems like, wow. So the one before it got this huge budget, granted it didn't do do well, and then the one after it got this huge budget. So what are we, chopped liver? Well, the reason why it got the big budget is because of the success of The Wiz. Now, it would have been really great if they had done a movie-slash-stage version of The Wiz combined, and they would have actually been in New York and been able to take advantage of all kinds of locations that were used in the movie uh, version of The Wiz. That would have been mind-blowing. So it's really interesting to see what properties get snatched up by what network and so i'm really looking forward to abc throwing their hat into the ring next holiday season they own so many epic properties i wish they would do a live version of say their stage version of mary oh, poppins or something that would be humanity uh you know since abc is right. owned by disney which i think we're five minutes away from being owned by disney they own almost everything <laughs> but um <laughs> so. <laughs> and they're great. We love Disney. 
please don't hurt us. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, so there's so many properties like a Little Mermaid live action thing. Um, oh my god, not that they would do it, but oh my god, if they did some kind of live action Frozen thing, oh my oh. god, kids and Disneyphiles would lose their collective minds. So I think you are on to something because I really feel that this is something that would be that is going to be in development for ABC slash Disney. Uh, because because of the success of Frozen, do you know how much they would be able to charge for advertising during that large live event? They're going to do oh, it. it. Would, it would, you know what? It would be it would be something like either the Oscars or even better yet, it'd be like Super Bowl kind of level. People would go absolutely insane for some kind of live Frozen event, and they actually if they did it right. Please hire the same team that uh, that worked on uh, Grease Live because they would do something spectacular with it. They would have her on ice skates outside in some real lake or something like that. I mean, they would make it spectacular. Absolutely, no. That would be great. I they really should do a Frozen, uh, a live uh, Frozen, and. I would love to see the princess and the frog, but how, like how you were talking about taking them to, to New York. Oh, that could be in New Orleans. Oh my God. That's not, not missing me. New Orleans. That would be spectacular. Wouldn't it? I would love that. Wow. Yeah. There's so many things they could do with basically again, but Disney is tight with their property. So I'm hoping even, you know, Aladdin, something Disney, come on, loosen. You have so many property, loosen the purse strings and make, make Christmas extra special on ABC. Because they're not, you know, just because you have the, the monopoly on childhood and on Magic now doesn't mean you always will. Blockbuster thought the same thing and look where they are compared to Netflix. So don't sleep, Disney. Now is the time. All right. You know, once we've been absorbed into the collective of Disney, we will be we'll be maybe able to convince them from on the inside. (laughs) And with that, (laughs) we are Disney. Disney is us. So (laughs) speaking of Christmas and everything, I think it's time that we let everybody listen to what our top five favorites are from last year. Of all time. Of all time. All right. So, yes, I, w- I want to wish you a very, very happy happy holidays from Tachi and myself. And we want to thank you for this incredible year. All of you that have stuck with us uh, through our first year at TV channeling. It has meant the world to us. Absolutely. And we will see you in the new year. Oh, my God. Yes. Tw- 2018. We will be back with even more great reviews. Okay, cheers, guys. Bye. Merry, merry. Holly to the jolly. of the season and seasons greetings everyone seasons seasons greetings everyone i am really excited about this show because this is our holiday episode this is our special holiday episode where we are going to count down our top five favorite television shows television specials or movies about holidays of all time about the holiday season whether it's christmas or hanukkah or whatever but this season during december we're counting down and i am super excited if you can't tell so i am going to say i'm going to introduce myself i'm tachi and i'm kevin fantastic kevin how are you 
I am feeling great. I am so excited about our very first holiday special. Uh, yes. And, and I can't wait to hear your list. I can't wait to hear yours. You know what's, what's interesting is, in case you didn't know, well, we've said this before. We really don't talk very much about what we're going to run down ahead of time. So it's a surprise to both of us. So we don't know. We have no bloody clue what's on each other's list. They could match completely because we're TV twins, or they could go very far to the left and right. But I'm excited. They're completely different. I can't wait to see where we, if we match up at all or if we're completely different. It's going to be a real surprise. Yes. Well, I'm ready to go. All right, Tachi. So what is your number five pick? I knew you were going to ask me that. And I don't know how many, you have to be an old head to kind of remember this. And it's not even really from my childhood per se. It's a little bit before. Everybody knows Scrooge, right? And everybody knows A Christmas Carol. There have been several versions of it. Disney has done a version of it. Of course, there's the original 1930-something movie. Everybody has done this. But one of my favorite renditions of Scrooge slash A Christmas Carol is The Christmas Carol with Mr. Magoo. Do you remember that one? Oh, my God. Mr. Magoo's <laughs> Christmas Carol. You're right. There has been a million versions of that story. I think because it's in the public domain, we could do a version and not have to pay anybody a dime. We sure can. And we can sing whatever song. Well, unless it's a Disney one. But <laughs> it is in the public domain. Um, and, I, of course, this is uh, based off of a book. And it's been done 10 million times. But I absolutely love this. Let me tell you why. Because I love Mr. Magoo. There was some so hilarious about the fact that he was kind of blind but he could really see sometimes he opened his eyes and Mr. Magoo actually plays Scrooge in this one and what's cool about this is like it is a play so it is done like a stage play and they are shooting it it's a television show of a play which is the coolest thing ever because you don't see that you see plays or theater productions that are shot that are live action but not always in terms of animation an animated series or an animated show so the fact that they did this was fantastic they had some really really memorable moments and some memorable songs and the funny thing is even though it's mr magoo those ghosts were a little you know they're a little scary like the the ghosts of <laughs> christmas future that was what i mean they just had where he would point and of course he looked like death you know with the hood and everything and he had a yeah, bony a skeleton hand skeleton hand and he would point and it would you know back then a lot of the music was done by orchestras so i want to say it was a timpani like the drum and when he would point it would go i would be like oh uh, you know a cold wind would come <laughs> over me so i i think that's one of the best versions of uh, scrooge's story ever oh wow that you know you're right um i was wondering if, if any, either one of us was going to do scrooge and actually um was considering doing bill murray's version scrooge there's so many different tellings of that story and it really is a timeless story it is it is and you can do so much with it in fact bill murray scrooge came on the other yesterday i watched it yesterday freeform had a whole bunch of freeform which is former abc family for those of you who are wondering what the hell is freeform they had a whole <laughs> marathon of christmas stories on yesterday and i watched so many of them them and Scrooge was one of them so yeah this is one of my favorites I love many of the renditions of Scrooge but this one for some reason is special okay so wow. yes I want to know what your number five is 
All right, my five. You went old school. You didn't even come I really went old school. Okay. My number five pick is The Bishop's Wife, 1947. So, yes, that was also before my time. Okay. For those of you who don't um, uh, know it, have you ever seen the movie, Tachi? I have not seen The Bishop's Wife. So, give us a little synopsis. Okay. So, basically, The Bishop's Wife is about an angel in the human form of the incredibly charming Cary Grant enters the life of a bishop played by David Niven uh, to help uh, to help him build a new cathedral and uh, rebuild his relationship with his very neglected wife played by Loretta Young. This movie isn't a romantic comedy, but it's genuinely funny and romantic. The only real question uh, here is will rooting for the bishop's wife to ditch her husband uh, for Cary Grant, uh, for Cary Grant, the world's most, oh God, what could I, he is literally the world's most debonair angel. Debonair, ever. yes. Uh, is that gonna yes? Put, is that gonna put you on Santa's naughty list, uh, rooting for her to run off with him? That's the only question. But it's a beautiful <laughs> movie. Um, it's genuinely funny, and it's something that everybody doesn't think to watch at Christmas time. And you can either watch the original version of it in black and white. There's a colorized version. And for those of you who want the story but don't want to go that far back. Um, uh, basically, uh, Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston did The Preacher's Wife, was, which was the right. remake of the original Bishop's Wife. But I'm telling That's you, the right. original with Cary Grant and Loretta Young is so charming and so beautiful. Um, I definitely suggest you guys check it out. Is this in public domain, meaning we can find it for free on YouTube? Um, I think you might be able to find it on YouTube, but um, it, it'll definitely be playing on stations like TCM during mm-hmm. the holidays. They always seem to play it. That's where I originally uh, saw it and fell in love with it, and it's become like a holiday tradition for me to check it out. And um, But I think it's it might be also be available on YouTube as well as Netflix. Ah, okay. Cool beans. Well, you know, if I don't have to pay for it, even better. So I'm going to, <laughs> I'm to try and see if it's available free on YouTube yeah, you, first. You're saving your money for for Christmas gifts for co-host, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I said that in an uncertain, sincere. shaky voice, it was very sincere. You know I love yeah, you. Yeah, that sounded very sincere. <laughs> All right, Tachi, what is your number four pick? My number four pick is actually a movie that has, did not have great box office sales. It didn't do very well at the box office, but it has a super big cult following now. And of course, in the days since then, you probably know what I'm talking about. Do you? I do have a sneaking suspicion, but I'll let you tell everybody else. Good, because I'm going to do it now. It's A Christmas Story with Peter Billingsley. If you remember yes. the Red Rider BB gun. That's all. That's all anybody ever has to say. And that is it. So Red Ryder BB gun and a Christmas story. It is one of my favorite stories of one of my favorite Christmas stories of all time, just because it's hilarious. There's so many hilarious aspects to it. So let me give you a quick synopsis of what this is about. It focuses on Ralphie, young boy Ralphie. That's Peter, played by Peter Billingsley and his family, his brother, his mother, and his father. They uh, all really are celebrating in the Christmas spirit, but 
everything boils down to the fact that Ralphie wants this Red Rider BB gun. So there are a lot of different plot lines and different things. It's really, if you think about it, it's about his, uh, his life because it's told by an older Ralphie. So it's narrated by an older Ralphie. And, uh, it's kind of, this is interesting because the show, the wonder years, this is where they got the technique of, uh, Kevin actually speaking in his older adult voice, narrating his story from the wonder years. Yeah. They got this from a Christmas story. So it spawned a bunch of different things. And, and I know you've seen this. Ad nauseum. Oh my god! How, I don't understand how anybody could avoid this because what really I think made the uh, Christmas story turn into a Christmas tradition, and for a lot of people, is like I think it's TBS and TNT. They show they I think they play it like for twenty four hours on Christmas Eve or something yes. like that. They just air it in a loop. Yes, just like Sci Fi does the loop of the Twilight Zone on on New Year's Day, they do the loop of a Christmas story. Yes. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is this is based off of writings of author Gene Shepard. And it's following, like I said, Ralphie Parker. And most of the time he's like dodging this bully played by Zach Ward. I think Flick was the bully's name, the, the one with the red hair and really menacing look. That uh, yeah, he's very scary. He, very scary looking, but you know, poor boy, that's just how he looked. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I was giving him acting. I was giving him credit for his acting. I didn't. But <laughs> well, he did look he did not scary. just read that little boy. <laughs> he, did. he had braces and he had that ugly coonskin cap, and then his eyes were all small. The way he did, yeah, he he looked pretty menacing. So, <laughs> came out in 1983. So it's. Been a good what is this like 30 30 something years now 33 years yeah, yeah and what's a what's really amazing to me about the success of the of the movie over the years i mean there's even like a broadway show um uh based on the movie a musical so it's just the legs of this movie speaking of legs i'll let you go deeper into that but it just continues it's amazing <laughs> yes no exactly and i think i made a mistake i said gene shepherd is a man so i said i think i said her i meant him so speaking of legs as you were saying there are so many funny parts to this this show that uh sorry this movie that i absolutely love so one being when i saw the trailer when i was little a part that stuck out was when they were at i think they were at macy's it was a department store macy's and he and his brother were going up to see santa and what they did is they pushed kids down the slide these were some ratchet elves and a ratchet santa okay they did not want to be there and they were like, ah, whatever get this kid away from me it was terrible so he is there and silent doesn't know what to say he said you want a fire truck he said he just says yeah and then finally comes to a sentence he said no i want a no no no, no ride rider bb gun and all these numbers and he said you'll shoot your eye out kid Kid, that he goes ho 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 and pushes him down the slide with his foot to his head that always yeah no i'm about put that's not when someone pushes you with their foot that's called kicking <laughs> but it was a tap it was he didn't say bam he didn't kick he really did push him with his foot he kicked him okay kicked him for kevin will say that he kicked him <laughs> But that's one of my favorites. He was kicked down the slide by Santa. Santa kicked him down the slide because he didn't want to be there anyway. <laughs> he was ready to get out of there. Him and those ratchet elves. And 
that's one scene that I absolutely love. There's another one. Uh, there's so many scenes. So his father is a habitual cursor, is always cursing because of this damn water heater that he fights with it's like he goes to the basement and fights with the this uh the water heater and he's like and you know you hear that and ralphie hears that all the time but one time they were changing the tire and uh the nuts go everywhere from the tire ralphie says you see in the movie he says oh fudge but fudge is not what he said and so, of course, he gets in trouble. And then, where did you learn this language from? It's from the father, but he said it was one of his friends. And you hear on the um, <laughs> on the phone that uh, Ralphie's mother called and said he said he learned this from such and such. And you hear him getting a whooping <laughs> on the phone. Hilarious. It really is a, it's really become a Christmas tradition for so many people. Many people will watch it over and over again or just have it playing in the background on Christmas Eve as like background noise. They, people can't get enough of this movie. And like I said before, there's been, uh, there's the Broadway musical. There's, um, uh, there's also a documentary, I think about the making of the movie kind of thing. So it's, it's amazing the life that that has had since then. Oh, did you mention the uh the the uh, no uh, i'm about lamp. to do that now and there that's actually a thing still i'm about to do yeah so the leg lamp that was made famous you know the father won a contest uh, either on the radio or something and the the prize was a leg lamp so they go through this whole big to do with the big box <laughs> the funny thing is he's like he gets this box he said well what is it he says hmm fragile it must be italian <laughs> and it says fragile but he says fragile <laughs> i die every time i hear that it's it never gets old for me and so what is it it's a leg lamp it's this woman's leg it's a female leg with a lampshade that the wife hates so one time she's cleaning it and i'm putting it in quotes cleaning and it breaks and he's like she does it purposely she's not sad that it's broken because he puts it right in the window for the neighbors to see because he's so proud of his prize yeah and not only is it a female leg but it's a female leg with i think fishnet stockings yes. on so it's 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 very provocative especially when you think of the time that it takes place exactly in. very risque you have a little bit of booty showing too it's like yeah no this is <laughs> this is not it but it's it's again like you were saying they've done this the marathon of the 24 hours of a christmas story since 1997 on tnt or tbs as you were saying so this has been for quite a few years they've been doing this yeah, well, it's it's become a tr Christmas tradition for a absolutely reason. fantastic. So that's my number four pick, and I am anxiously awaiting what your number four is. Okay, Tachi, um, because our show is called TV Channeling, I had to have a couple of TV episodes in my list. Of course. So, and because. It's the holidays aren't just about Christmas. I had to pick this classic episode of Frasier. Uh, it's called Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, uh, from 1998. Um, like some of the best screwball comedies you've ever watched in the middle of the night on TCM, this episode begins with a simple misunderstanding when Frazier's new girlfriend's mother mistakenly believes that he and his family are Jewish. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. Have you seen this episode? By I know. I have not seen this episode. 
Okay, anyway, it is hysterical. Um, and uh, to keep Frazier, uh, Frazier's new girlfriend's mother happy, he and his family try to keep the lie going as circumstances and uh, even Niles hiding in Frazier's bathroom dressed as Jesus Christ himself. Really? I won't even go into how that ends up happening. <laughs> <laughs> but it is one of the most hysterical episodes ever. Um, uh, basically, um, the I mean, they do everything they can to keep this from the fact that they're not Jewish from this woman, and everything keeps every all the all the things uh, in the world that could possibly go wrong go wrong in their effort to keep the truth from this woman, and basically just blow the the whole menorah out. <laughs> just blow it out <laughs> anyway but the cast has never been funnier uh than they are in this incredibly fast-paced episode uh that feels more like a play than an actual episode of tv so it's like it's total farcical it's it's in the tradition of like shows like faulty towers and like i said before every screwball comedy you've ever watched in the middle of the night on tcm this episode has it and what's so great about it is it's available on netflix so you guys can uh go check it out again merry christmas mrs moskowitz <laughs> and it was um the sixth season episode 10 so please check it out because uh for those of you who are, are actually uh watched frasier when it was originally on back in the 90s and you forget how incredibly funny and smart that show was until you check it out again. Oh, I absolutely loved Frasier. Again, I didn't watch it regularly, you know, and it, I didn't watch it when it was on. I caught, I caught episodes in syndication afterwards. So, but that's one that I have not seen. And I really do like Frasier. So I'm going to catch it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I guarantee you're going to, it's laugh out loud funny and it's so smart. Plus, you know what? There's actually some, uh, really sweet moments between Frazier and his father, Martin, too. So the, the episode really has it all. It's laugh out loud funny and it's got some heart to it, too. And when you get both that combination, that to me just is Christmas. So, or also Hanukkah. Yes, Hanukkah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tachi. So what is your next pick? Okay. So you know what? It seems to be, I like the fact that you have these off the beaten path, not necessarily holiday related things, but they are because I stuck with the straight classics. I think I, my next one is how the Grinch stole Christmas. The cartoon. Oh, now that is classic. This is classic and is quintessential. And if you notice, I'm very, I'm very keen when it comes to knowing who did what. So I noticed when I was little that the drawing, the animation looked the same as Tom and Jerry. And it is the same people who did Tom and Jerry, which you could tell by the expressions on the Grinch's face. Sometimes it's the same thing that Tom did. So I said, I he look, you're, oh my God, Tachi. Yeah. Oh my God. Until you said that, 
it, the moment you said, I can actually see, I can actually it close my eyes and see the Grinch smiling. And you're right. It is Jerry's evil. I mean, it is Tom's evil smile. Exactly. When he thinks he's got Jerry in a corner. Yes. <gasps> wow. That's a Christmas revelation, Tachi. Thank you're, you. You're so welcome. <laughs> you know, I, I, I aim to please. I'm here to educate all about the Grinch. You are. <laughs> and. And you thought you were off the clock, but you were still teaching. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, that's what a professor does. But in any case, uh, you know, just like all the other shows that we've mentioned, or all the other, you know, programs we've mentioned, there are several iterations of this story. So, of course, we know uh, that there was one done by, with Jim Carrey as the lead in, what year was that? Was that the 90s? I don't remember, but I think it was in the very early 2000s. Yeah, okay, so late 90s, early 2000s, exactly. And, you know, again, once I, I'm a purist when it comes to things, kind of like how I am with my cheesecake. I don't want you to put a whole bunch of <laughs> adulterated chocolates and think, no, vanilla bean is good. I could do that. I could do like a pina colada because it's still along the same, but don't adulterate it with all sorts you of like things. Simple simple you like classics. the simple classics. You like the simple classics. Exactly. Exactly. So just like I like my cheesecake, I like my holiday specials. Simple. Plain. Well, you know what's funny? You mentioned the, the Jim Carrey version. I can see, I understand why they did that because Jim Carrey was everything at the, at that right. moment in time when they did it. And, uh, but the problem with it was really, the story the story was too thin to basically make a full feature movie out of it if they had done a short movie um like you know if they done like something like a, a an hour long version of it like a tv special that would have been great but they tried to pad that story and make it feature length and it just it just did not work okay so um, yeah no they they right, tried so, it they tried to um, make it a full it, it was too thin you're right it's a flimsy it works as a special it's a half hour special it works but not for a feature length movie i don't get it it's too much yeah it was it's a per the story is so perfect and and says everything that needs to be said in that uh half hour uh original special that trying to pad it out to make it a feature just couldn't never work no matter who exactly was in it. so as i said remember it, it was directed by the same person who did tom and jerry chuck jones so you always remember at the beginning of tom and jerry you saw all the people chuck jones fred quimby all those so same people that did how the uh the the Grinch Stole Christmas. This is from 1966. And it's based on the Dr. Seuss book. In fact, it's called Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So it's based on the books by Dr. Seuss. And of course, I, I shouldn't have to tell people the story, but I will. It's basically how this Grinch, which is a, you know, Dr. Seuss has these characters that don't exist in any other world but Seuss land. <laughs> so he's the Grinch <laughs> and he just really does not like Christmas. So he sets out to steal Christmas because nobody else should be happy. Nobody should be happy. If he's not happy, nobody will be happy. So he lives in a cave on, on top of what's called Mount Crumpet, Crumpet, which is above the village of Whoville. 
So he has a heart, quote unquote, two sizes too small. And he's hated Christmas for like 53 years, which is why he's so wrinkled looking. <laughs> if you have that much hatred, you would look like the Grinch too. So it's this whole, all his exploits to steal Christmas, including stealing all the presents and everything. And this is really like a morality play because at the end of the day, the moral is that it's not about the things. It's not about the food that Christmas is a spirit because all the who's get and they sing that so everybody knows the song whatever it is welcome christmas christmas time so they all come in and they sing that uh at the beginning and then they sing it even after the grinch has stolen and he is puzzled what do you mean they're still happy after i've stolen all of their goods so that's when he realizes it's a spirit and a feeling a feeling and he gives back all of the the whizzles and wuzzles and whatever it is that he steals from them and the trees and the, and the <laughs> roast beast okay that's my favorite the roast beast roast beast yeah i remember my favorite thing about it was the, his his little um his little um yes. dog his little dog <laughs> that he makes pull that incredibly huge sleigh and the dog has a little ant that that was the that was the genesis or the birth of the whole idea of putting fake antlers on a dog came from how the grinch stole you know what? christmas and, and the thing is the dog had one antler just one in the center of his head. <laughs> <laughs> antler, exactly. not antlers. But you're right. You're right. That's where that genesis of putting it on. Poor animals. We just do so much to them. What was the little girl? Cindy name? Lou the girl Who. That, um, actually wakes up and witnesses. Cindy Lou Who. Cindy yes. Lou Who. Uh. Yes. Cindy Lou Who. I just, I just love this because besides being a feel good story, it's a, the, the, the song is awesome and it's been sampled a bunch of times even in hip-hop songs and other things you're a foul one mr grinch i love all the things he said uh one of the lines is like your um something is like your heart is bathed in arsenic sauce <laughs> just ridiculously i'm like damn oh no that is that's what yeah, you're right. I love that song, and that is on one of my, on my Christmas playlist. I yeah, I I love that, and just hearing you talk about it, I I can't wait to watch it again this Christmas. I really can't. That it really is a timeless classic. That song, and then the song that the that the 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 uh, the residents of Whoville sing uh, to celebrate Christmas. It's so beautiful, and it it really is a timeless story. It's a beautiful little. It fable. is. It is, and so just to add on to that. That. There is a soundtrack. MGM released a soundtrack in conjunction with a special back in 1966, and they uh, released another version of it in 1995. So it's um, it, it's timeless. It goes on and on and on. There were there were sequels too. There was a Halloween special special called Halloween is Grinch Night uh, that came on in 1977. Uh, the Grinch Grinches the Cat in the Hat. <laughs> so they, there have been some other spinoffs. Oh my God, Tachi, you are get Tachi, you're giving me everything today because I did not know about the sequel. So I'm gonna have to track them down. Please let those be available on Netflix, and if not, yes, on YouTube. track them down because I I knew about them and I don't think I ever saw them, but I'm definitely going to see them now. And so that is my number wow. three pick. And you know I am dying to know what your number three is. 
All right, my number three pick is about a boy from about a boy. Um, yeah, I saw it. I, I've seen parts of it because it's coming on television. So tell me about it. All right, about a boy. It stars Hugh Grant. He plays Will, a cynical late thirty-something in London, uh, who uh, invents an imaginary son, uh, so he can hook up with uh, women at a single parents group he starts attending. So yes, yeah, but you know what? One is. Everything Hugh Grant does is in London, just so you know. <laughs> it seems like every movie he's in is... No, that's not always... No, he's been in some things where he's not, well, he's that's not true. a resident of London. He's been in some... That's true. That's very America true. Too. So be fair. Most of it. Anyway. All right. So anyway, so he... Uh, so. So like I said, he's uh, made this uh, our imaginary son to try and meet women at this oh, uh, single parents group, and so um, all the all the milf dating. Uh, I'm doing air quotes. You guys can't see <laughs> the dating. <laughs> Uh, uh, he it leads to him meeting a a, a boy named Marcus, uh, a quirky twelve year old uh, with problems at school and a mother suffering from depression yes. at home. Uh, so you have yeah, so you have Will, an unemployed, uh, selfish man child who, thanks to the royalties from uh, uh, the hit Christmas song his father wrote, never completely grows up. Uh, and you have Marcus, who spends his time taking care of uh, his emotionally needy mother instead of just being a kid. Mm -hmm. So the question is, uh, can these two develop a friendship that changes both their lives for the better? Would this be my one of my favorite uh, Christmas movies if they didn't? <laughs> yeah, so of course the hell they do. Obviously, I'm, I'm not gonna pick a I'm not gonna pick a Christmas no. movie that has a sad. No, you ending. don't want that. <laughs> but it's just a it's a different. Uh, yeah, so it's a different thing I think to watch at Christmas time. But it's definitely uh, a super appropriate for christmas and um for those of you who, uh that are like me who love to like house and apartment hunt in movies um which i love wait a minute to wait do. a minute can you um, what what do you mean hugh grant's house and apartment hunt in movies um i loved i don't know about you but i love to look at people's houses and apartments and condos in movies there are some movies i love simply because i love the set i love a particular character's apartment or whatever and so i i i was calling I it movie house that. hunting um when i'm watching movies i can TV see that shows. okay so uh uh hugh grant's yeah, Hugh Grant's apartment, his London apartment alone is reason to watch this movie. His apartment is so cool. So it's a great movie. Tony Collette plays uh, uh, Marcus's mother, and Tony Collette is great in everything she does. Uh, but the movie, it has heart. It's it's cynical, which I like a little bit of cynical with my mixed with my Christmas because <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's who I am. Uh, so it's 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 perfection. It really is a, a great different choice for mm, Christmas time. Mm. Okay, I'm. I, 
I have, like I said, I've seen parts of it. Like it, it has come on television before. And I remember him being with this young boy, but I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. You, my friend, have given me reason to watch it. If you say it, you like it, I'm going to watch it. Oh, thank you so much, Tachi. I really do think you're going to enjoy it. It's a, it's a really nice uh, Christmas movie. All right, Tachi. So what is your number two pick? We're at number two, right? We're, we are at number two already. And I have to tell you, this is a movie I watch every year. It just came on Freeform yesterday. I absolutely love it. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I love this film. Love oh this Oh, my film. God. What a great pick. First of all, Freeform is delivering this Christmas, aren't they? <laughs> you think? They've had, like... A, a whole marathon of great films. And so I was able to catch a lot of what I was talking about on Freeform, which is actually what reminded me of what my favorites were. So anyway, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is the third installment of the National Lampoon's Vacation film series. Remember, they did National Lampoon's Vacation, then they did National Lampoon's European Vacation, and then Christmas Vacation. So this is the third one. And it's based off of a short story that John Hughes, the same 16 Candles John Hughes, uh, wow. yeah, wrote in National Lampoon magazine called Christmas 59. So, of course, we know that the star, the, the star of the film is the wonderful Chevy Chase, also stars Beverly D'Angelo and Randy Quaid, also Juliette Lewis and Johnny Galecki as the Griswold kids. And Johnny Galecki, if he looks a little bit familiar, yeah, he played David in Roseanne and he plays, uh, in, I keep wanting to say Third Rock from the Sun, but you know, the, the, the show with all the geeky guys, what's the name of it? Help me. Oh, Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yes. So he started off, I'm sure he started before this, but his, the breakout role that I remember him in is as, yeah one of the Griswold children. <laughs> so, you know what I love about the National Lampoon movies is how shamelessly they basically they every movie they had different children. Yes, um, they and never apologized. And what was crazy was not only do they have different actors play their kids, but they didn't even care like in one movie the boy is older and then the next movie the girl is older. They just did not care. Different color hair, completely different looking kid. They just did whatever the hell they wanted to do. They did what they liked and that's what made it hilarious and what made it work. The fact that they were shameless about this. And so yeah, this is the third installment of different aged kids and different kids in general yeah because they were all completely different and so there were so many funny things about this the thing i like is that they do this countdown to christmas and so clark griswold played by chevy chase decides that he wants to have this good old-fashioned christmas okay and he's inviting like the the parents both sets of parents and you know to come down so they can have this good old-fashioned christmas and it seems like nobody really wants it but him but he you know they go with it and it that's how it is. And Christmas is only a few weeks away. And what they do periodically is there's this little like picturesque house that has little doors and the dates counting down to Christmas. And the transitions in between scenes were opening the doors to count out, which was kind of cool. I thought that was a cool uh, transition. So there are a bunch of hilarious things from them going to get a Christmas tree, which was entirely too damn big. They realize they didn't bring any tools to cut down the tree, and so they have to uproot it. And they're driving home with the tree strapped to their car and all the roots 
<laughs> I don't know how they were able to uproot it. I don't get it, but it is what it is. <laughs> so then uh, both Clark and his wife, Ellen, the parents come to uh, spend Christmas with them. But of course, bickering ensues. Uh, they're all sorts. So I have to tell you some of my favorite things. The, the, the part of the plot centers around the fact that Clark is waiting for his Christmas bonus so he can put in, he wants to surprise the family and put in a swimming pool. So he's waiting for this bonus from work. And, you know, that's uh, part one part of the plot. Uh, he's got a really stingy boss, which is another part of the plot. He has these hick hillbilly cousins <laughs> that, come, <laughs> that come to visit and um that where's a uh, uh, randy is, is his name randy in the it's randy quaid randy quaid right it's randy rusty no rusty is the son i can't remember what the uh the cousin's name is randy quaid's character uh name is. rocky i think is it no 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 it eddie 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 it is so his, his name uh, randy quaid plays eddie but he wears a leisure suit at all times and they live in a mobile house, but it's like a, 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 a raunchy mobile house. It's like janky and ugly and awful. And so they are, you know, the epitome of who you don't want around at the holidays, I guess. And of course it gets on Clark's nerves. But okay, so two of my, my favorite scenes in, in this. Um, there's an aunt that comes over that is a little bit senile. And so what she does is she just wraps up gifts and, um, from the house and gives them to people because she doesn't really remember. Oh, God, I know where you're going. So she wrapped up her cat. So now they have this cat in the house and it's running around chewing on wires, unplug something. Clark goes to plug in something and fries the cat. And they're like, what is that? And they move, they move the, the, uh, couch or the chair and the cat there's just like the outline of the cat with fur oh it's hilarious and then the other thing is they so the uncle of the who's the husband of the senile uh woman aunt burns down their christmas tree they go to get another one from outside because all this stuff has ensued and Clark is basically losing it so he goes and cuts down a tree from outside and puts it in the house but what they didn't realize is that there was a squirrel in there and everybody is like running from this square squirrel. And at one point he's like, well, I don't know where this squirrel is. He turns around and his father says squirrel and they all start running. It's hilarious. I love it. That year, right. That is one of my favorite parts too. I, I just couldn't stop laughing. It's even if nobody else finds it funny, I love it. So that is it, it, it's just quintessential Christmas. For me, it is not holiday time unless I get to see National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, Tachi, you're so right. There's so many incredible, funny, incredibly funny parts. There's the whole sled sequence. Yes. Which is hysterical. And you you got to mention, if you're gonna, to me, if you're going to mention this movie, you've got to mention Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Louis uh their uh yuppie next oh, door yeah. one of their yuppie next door neighbors oh yeah so yeah julia the, anyway the things that the things that they do to the to her and her husband uh it, it's it's hysterical there's a there, this is another movie there's a reason why this is a christmas classic it is hysterical and it's hysterical every single time exactly you if you have not watched it find a way to watch it it's going to be on television probably up until christmas so find a way fantastic so that is my number two pick 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And I'm curious as to what your number two is. I know it's something obscure, so come on with it. Okay, I I like to mix it up, Tachi. <laughs> so my number two pick, <laughs> my number two pick is my favorite Simpsons Christmas episode of all time. But you can talk about uh, the Simpsons and Christmas episodes without mentioning the very first one, Simpsons roasting on an open fire in nineteen. Yes, it was. Uh, it. Yes, it was the very first 30-minute episode of The Simpsons, uh, not just a short of that was a part of the Tracy Ullman show. Uh, Christmas seems uh, seems doomed for The Simpsons uh, when Homer doesn't get his holiday bonus. Those holiday bonuses are always coming up in these Christmas things. <laughs> yes. Um, so to make extra money... Uh, Homer becomes a mall Santa to be able to buy the family uh, Christmas gifts. It's not just the first episode of The Simpsons. It's also the story of how they got their family dog and how the family dog got yes. his name. So that's not my favorite episode of all time of The Simpsons. But I have to, you can't talk about The Simpsons and Christmas without talking about how The Simpsons came to be a TV show. So that's the very first one. So that's definitely worth yes. watching. But my favorite, um, I pulled a Tachi and snuck that in there. Um, <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but but my favorite Christmas uh, episode of The Simpsons of all time has to be um, uh, She of Little Faith from 2001. Uh, it's my favorite Simpson Christmas episode, hands down. Okay, so after uh, after Homer and Bart accidentally cause a fire in Springfield in the Springfield Church uh, with a model yes! rocket, uh, the church cons the the church council uh, 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 takes on sponsors to rebuild the church. But once it's rebuilt, all the advertising make the church look more like a football stadium than a church. Uh, disgusted by the by the church's crass commercialism, Lisa turns to Buddhism after meeting Richard Gere, actually voiced by the real Richard Gere. <laughs> which was incredible. So Marge is desperate to lure Lisa back to the uh back to Christianity and Christmas. There's nothing Marge <laughs> won't do, including bringing out the big guns, a pony named Clip Clop. Oh yes, I remember. She so, wants a pony so badly. I love that episode. Yeah. So no, Marge knows what to do to try and lure her back. So when you pull out, when you when you basically get get uh, get a little girl a pony, you're doing everything you possibly can. You are not fighting fair <laughs> to, to lure this kid back to back to the church and back to Christmas. It it's a beautiful episode. It's so funny, and most of more of my most of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons have to be happen to be centered on Lisa, and um, I love that character and to see her actually struggle um, with uh, her, what she believes is the right thing to do and the right choice versus Christmas and all the things that all the candy canes and cookies and, and ponies named clip club <laughs> is, it's just, it's so funny and so sweet and is actually a real moral dilemma in it. So I, that's my favorite uh, uh, Simpsons Christmas episode of which there are many. And one of the cool things that um, 
FXX has done in the past, and I think they're going to be doing this year too, is they have a Simpsons Christmas marathon where they just air all the Christmas specials in order. So look for that if uh, you haven't seen it. And also if um, you want to check it out, check it out on um, Netflix too. If uh, I think it's, I think the Simpsons are available on Netflix. As yeah, well. yeah. You know, one of my favorite Simpsons Simpsons episodes dealing with Christmas is when um, what when the tree I think Bart burnt the tree down and all their presents melted <laughs> and yes. so he just buried it yes. in the snow they did like yes. fundraisers for the Simpson family and all of that but when the snow melted they, yeah the town yes. comes together and everything yes they come together to raise money for that and they're on their their news channel and all of that and uh, but when the snow melts yeah, but then when they find out that uh, that um, it, that actually that they weren't robbed, um, because that's the whole thing. The uh, the idea is that they think that they were robbed, and so the town comes together to raise money and uh, help help them have a merry Christmas. But when the truth comes out, um, it's the, the whole town turns on exactly, the <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, why did you? I was like, why did you bury it in the snow? You didn't know it was gonna melt. That just didn't make any sense to me. Well, again, the, Bart is a 10-year-old boy. <laughs> so his thinking always isn't, you know, incredibly well thought out. But look at his father. <laughs> his, his, look at how his thinking works. So well, come on. yes, yes. <laughs> Apple doesn't Be fall fair. far from the tree. All right, Tachi, we're almost at the end of our show. So what yes. is your number one pick like i said it was a toss-up between national lampoons and my number one but i think the music is what really put it over the top for me my number one pick is a charlie brown christmas oh my god what a great pick i love this show so much this special so much it is fantastic and i go ahead sorry oh, I was gonna say, oh you're i'm so glad you picked uh, Charlie Brown's uh, Christmas special because I struggled to uh, come up with my five and I vacillated and it kept changing and changing and changing and Charlie Brown was on the list and off the list and on the list and off the list and I thought you know what if we do another one next year I can put it on there but thank you for putting it on so we get to talk about it oh you're welcome yes you know uh, you how can you not have this as part of your repertoire a Charlie Brown Christmas and I as I said the music really cinches it for me it's the story but it's the music so it was uh produced by lee mendelson directed by bill melendez and it actually made its deb debut on cbs in 1965 december 9th 1965 and bill melendez sorry um lee mendelson loved jazz and so he tapped Vince Guaraldi, the jazz pianist, to do the music for, and what a job he does. I think everybody knows all the songs from Charlie Brown. So even if you don't know what they're called, they're like, hey, that's Charlie Brown music. So, and it, the music doesn't disappoint. So I think that's why this is my number one, because the music cinches it. It's Oh, my God. I'm sorry, Tachi. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I know it we're is, both excited. It, okay, it is, you're so right. Not only do I love the music from this, but in particular, skating. The music that's playing during the sequence when the kids are skating in the snow. That is one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time. It is every I, every year I always do different um, Christmas playlists. Okay. Skating is always on every 
single one. That is how much I love that song, and I love the special. Yeah, the, the 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 name of the song is actually called. You're talking about Christmas time is here. That one. No, no, not that one. No, it's oh, called skating. skating. It's the actual skating. It's actually the music that plays when at the beginning. Oh, it. Oh, yeah. I know that one. Okay, I love that yeah, song. Yeah, that's playing as the kids are, are are skating in the snow, and it's so picturesque the way it's drawn and the music. It just it 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 makes you feel like you you feel transported. Whenever I hear it, I'm transported to childhood. No, exactly. I love that's such a pretty. The piano riff that he does is so pretty and i love skating too i love that song too so this just like there's always a plot to these charlie brown things and i love the charlie brown uh, specials because i knew when i was little that there was a span of three months where i was going to get to see charlie brown first with the halloween the great pumpkin in october then to the uh thanksgiving charlie uh, the charlie brown thanksgiving then to a charlie brown christmas in december i was on because it's not like it was before you know whereas we had to wait you couldn't just pull this up on netflix or or go and rent it from any place you know back in the day with blockbuster you could just rent it you had to wait till it came on television yeah no you know what those holiday specials were called specials for a reason because you you got one and you got one chance to watch it you got one chance to watch the great pumpkin you got one chance to uh, to be with a to watch snoopy making toast and popcorn Ah, for thanksgiving ah, ah, (laughs) yes And you got one chance to see Charlie Brown pick the, the, the saddest, jankiest Christmas tree in the history of time. Exactly, exactly. And this is the thing, you know, Charlie Brown is kind of that kid that got picked up. Everybody's like, you blockhead, because he picks this tree, the jankiest tree. Like, this is what you picked. I knew you would mess up Christmas, Charlie Brown. <laughs> That's what they always did. And, you know, he was kind of a little bit depressed at the beginning because of the over-commercialization and over-secularization of Christmas and couldn't really figure out what Christmas was all about. And, you know, his Linus is kind of like his sidekick and kind of, you know, of course he dismisses it as typical Charlie Brown behavior, but, you know, comes to see that, yeah, there is a little bit of whatever. So, you know, it's always, there's always like a lesson in this as well, that it goes beyond the, you know, the lights and the trees and stuff that there's a, the, the, a true meaning of Christmas. And so that's what they were trying to get out, get at with this. But I mean, the music is just phenomenal. And you know what gets me that they're okay. The parents and Charlie Brown exist only as trombones, <laughs> basically. Yes. You said we, all, adults, all adults. You don't hear any adults. Exactly. Teachers, adults, you just hear, if there's an adult, they are trombone, <laughs> basically, uh, or some sort of horn. So uh, that's the interesting thing here. They're like, no parents around. They run things, okay? They run things themselves. That was kind of typical of what I love. <laughs> what I love about the Charlie Brown Christmas special in particular is when you think about it on paper, it's like, how did it even get made? Because it's it's a story about a little boy who is a um melancholy bordering on just straight up depressed yes um and um he's questioning of commercialism of christmas a long time ago before i think that was really discussed um as much as it is today and um the 
uh, when Linus is towards the end of the thing and starts talking about Christmas, it's just straight up religious. It's not about the warm feelings of Christmas or love, and it just get it gets hardcore Jesus and Mary. Christmas. It is. So, it is. Um, so when you think about it, it's just like, how did that end up on television? How did that happen? And how did it turn into one of the most beloved things ever? But all the pieces together, you think it wouldn't, wouldn't happen, but it comes together in this perfect little packet. But you know what? It's not so off because we're still talking about the 1960s. That's not a time where things were, you know, television, there were still a lot of things you could not do. You could not stay. Television did not stay on all night. That was when it went off at like 11 o'clock. So, you know, there there was still a little bit of conservative uh, attitude towards what could be shown on television. So I'm not surprised that there was, you know, a little bit of religion shown in with that uh, because Linus actually gives, like you said, this whole speech and uh, they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And he goes through that whole thing, that whole passage from the Bible. And then he says, that's what Christmas is all about. Charlie Brown. So, yeah, I'm not surprised because it's still a time where, quote unquote, family time was family time and you could still see that type of thing. Well, yeah, it's 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 to me, it's I'm you're not shocked, but I am. It's it's uh, that it that with all of the it's not just the fact that it was so blatantly religious, but it's also the you have a little boy who's like basically really depressed and um charlie brown always felt like a little man to me <laughs> the way the weight of the world that would be on him it just like this is he was not your normal uh, little kid and you're right the other kids were so kind of mean and dismissive of him uh just anyway the, the whole thing together you would think on paper this like is this going to be like a christmas classics this kid suffering from depression is being bullied <laughs> and, and, and and then throw in bible passages to boot um um, and uh, and a dog and a uh, and a and a little bird, a dog decorating his own uh, doghouse for Christmas. I mean, just there's so many components to it, and oh, and and then have it have some jazz music to boot. I mean, <laughs> the whole thing is so crazy when you think about it separately, but when it comes together, it is Christmas perfection. You know what? It, it, but back, yeah, I I think. I think there's like a little overanalyzation <laughs> there. Kids don't give two dams about, they're not seeing that. It's, you know, the parents that are seeing that. We saw Charlie Brown. I had no clue about the depression, about his depression or any of that. You know, a little bit depressed. That didn't matter to me. The fact that there were no adults, that didn't matter to me or that they were somewhere in the background. All you saw was <laughs> Charlie Brown. That's what you saw. Um, I, it it's such a classic it's so great and it's you know when you're living in crazy times it's good to have a constant so we need a little charlie brown oh we need a we need a little charlie brown this especially this christmas i think a, a few of us are are suffering from some depression child. right about now so i could use charlie brown child now. huh <laughs> let me drink some water on that <laughs> mm. <laughs> Any case, so I want right. to. So, Kevin, this brings us to your number one. Let's tell everybody what your number one Christmas special show or movie is. All right. Um, my number one pick is Love Actually. Um, have you ever yes. seen it? Yes. What is this with you and Hugh Grant today? <laughs> it's funny that you say that because at first I thought I could pull a Tachi and, um, <laughs> see, why are you putting this on me? And actually make about a boy and, um, love actually one pick. See, don't put it on me. <laughs> but I decided again. <laughs> You're so wrong. 
I learned from the best. I learned that you can, when we do these lists, that we can try and finagle and get an extra movie or, or pick in there. So, but I didn't do it. I played it. I played it fair and um, only picked five. So, um, anyway, so I picked Love Actually. One of the things um, about this, for those, for, since the, you mentioned the fact that I also mentioned about a boy with Hugh Grant, um, I actually think both of those movies make a really great uh, Cold Winter's Night double feature. So, um, if you got some time and you want to light a fire and have some cocoa and, and just settle boo. in and watch some great movies um, that are that are Christmas themed, then um, I think this is the this is the uh, two to uh, to put together. So, I'm sorry. I did. did. I said, Tasha? and your boo. And your boo. <laughs> Yes, get your boo, get your get your cocoa, get your fire going, and put these two movies in. Put these two movies on anyway. All right, so in this romantic comedy, you get several great stories in one modern holiday movie classic. Uh, the stories include Hugh Grant as a prime minister falling for his assistant and not having a clue about what to do about it. You have widower Liam Neeson trying to help his young son with his first uh, win his first crush's heart. You got Emma Thompson's uh, suspecting her husband is having an affair. Um, there's an aging rock star uh, star's attempt to make uh, a super crappy Christmas song a number one hit. You got, um, oh God, what is her name? Um, okay. You got Kira Knightley being super radiant as always. And you, uh, and finally you have two incredibly adorable porn star stand-ins played by Martin Freeman and, uh, Joanna Page, um, exper uh, uh, experiencing the most awkward meet cute in romantic comedy history wow <laughs> so if you like your uh your uh sweet christmas stories with a little uh, you know to get a little salty then this is the holiday movie for you wow i i love this movie it's got so many great elements to it and what I love about it is, like I said before, it's got it's sweet, but it's got saltiness. It's got bitterness um, like real life. There's so many different uh, stories that, and there's a lot of different emotional um, uh, levels to the story. Um, there's some sad things about the story because, you know, Christmas can be a sad time of uh um for some people sometimes uh and if you've ever lost anyone uh at christmas time it's, it can be a rough time so it's got everything it's it's genuinely funny um it can be genuinely sad a little there's a there's a few a few tears maybe jerked in the process of watching this film <laughs> and um it's it's gen and it's genuinely heartwarming and romantic so that to me encompasses everything that Christmas is. And it's like I said before, and it's a little bit spicy too with the uh two porn star stand-ins. You don't normally get uh you don't you don't normally get porn porn star stand-ins in a Christmas no. movie. No. <laughs> but when you do, but when you put them in this movie and you make them as adorable as they are, then it is 
It's like it's it's the perfect wow. Porn stars and adorable in the same sentence. Uh, Yes, and and when you watch, and for people when you watch this, you'll like you'll think back to what I said. If you haven't seen this before, you're like, you know what, Kevin was right. Those were the most adorable porn star (laughs) stand-ins. Oh, okay, yes, no, but I have seen Love Actually. I actually really do love this film. You are right. This is a good. This is a good choice, Kevin. This is a good choice. Well, I try. I really wanted to mix it up and give you guys a lot, even though. Um, I'm sure many people are thinking like, wait a minute, didn't Kevin pick two British movies in his, in, in, out, out of his five for uh, his five Christmas or holiday themed movies and shows? Um, yeah, I know. But let's face it. The Brits know how to work a Christmas. They I mean, uh, we going back to Scrooge, the Brits. They pretty much own Christmas, far as I'm concerned, when it comes to like movies and and stories. Uh, they there's so many great things, but you know what? Um, before I start talking about how much I love Downton Abbey, uh, down, the Christmas episode where Matthew and Lady Mary uh, kissed in the moonlights in the moonlit snow, we better wrap up our very see first how you snuck show. that one in, and you talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> What? Did I accidentally? You did. So now one? you are up to like seven. <laughs> See, and I was good. I just did what I was supposed to. Okay, Tati. To, okay, Tati. To be fair, I'll, I'll let you get a couple of honorable mentions in because I thought I had to pull a Tachi and just be really stealth about the whole thing. And kind of shoehorn those other picks in there. So I'll be fair and let you mention a couple of really quickly. So I'm going to mention Miracle on 34th Street. That is the quintessential Christmas movie. Uh, You know, they have the Thanksgiving. Sorry, the original. The original. When I'm talking, I'm talking originals. Oh, my God. A a child, a little girl, Natalie. A young Natalie Wood. Exactly. Who actually acts like an adult. She has she's always had this kind of grown spirit, if you ask me. So, yeah. So this is one of my favorites. Miracle on 34th Street. I just love the story. And then, of course, Rudolph. The red nosed reindeer, the I call it a claymation, but it's I don't it's not clay. I, I think they are clay, but it's animated, at, you know, absolutely. So Rudolph the red nosed reindeer, I love that. And then finally, it's a wonderful life with Jimmy Stewart. How can you not love that? Okay, Tanchi, you know what? We are TV twins. We're holiday twins because the three last things you mentioned, I love. Okay, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street with Natalie Wood is the sweetest thing and every time we get to the end of that movie and you see that cane every time it, it yes! just oh it touches my heart every single time i love that movie and okay okay first of all an elf and and red rudolph an elf that really wants to go to dental school what's exactly not to love? what's not to love and there's so many great things <laughs> there's so many great things and so many great characters and the abominable snowman is adorable there's just there's so much in that it's a it's a timeless classic for a reason too and lastly the big kahuna of christmas it's a wonderful life. Just incredible movie. It's Frank Capra at his Capra best. So heartwarming. You're learning a lesson. You're not even realizing it <laughs> when it's happening. It's not, you're not being hammered over the head, but it's so beautiful and so touching. And 
every time a podcast ends, an angel gets its wings. You know what? (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that one, but yes, okay. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, it's been super fun to do this special with you, Kevin. I am, again, so honored to do this with you, and this is... Six episode number six. I can't believe we're we're at number six, Tachi, and I am so excited and honored still to be working with you. It's after all these six episodes, I can't believe we still don't hate. We still like each other. There's no hatred yet. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's anyway, Tachi. You know, I've enjoyed doing this with you so much, and um, I look forward to all the incredible things we're going to review and discuss. That's right, because we're not going to be back until 2017. We're going to take a little hiatus. So this is going to be our last episode of 2016. In the meantime, you can enjoy all the other five episodes, this plus all the other five episodes that we have on our uh, on iTunes, on Podbean. And Kevin will tell you all the rest. I'm not going to steal his joy. I know he wanted to tell you that. Okay, we're on Stitcher. We're on Google Play. (laughs) again you have no excuse not to listen to us we are everywhere and also you have no excuse not to contact us either because we are on facebook we are on twitter we are on um what else are we on we're on uh oh instagram and we're also on uh snapchat so and we're and we're known as tv channeling everywhere so you can channel us on twitter and everywhere else you can also join the conversation with your favorite holiday picks by joining us on twitter with the it's hashtag top it five hashtag top five holiday tv yeah so so join in by uh posting your top five so we can we can check them out again we're at tv channeling uh, on Twitter, I can't wait to read some of your picks. So you can might give us something new to check out, and um, we look forward to um, coming back in 2017 with even more fun uh, episodes and reviewing more fun things. So if you have any suggestions about things that you want us to check out, uh, that you want to hear our thoughts on, please contact us on pretty much any social media absolutely uh, so i'm going to say we're you all are the reason that we're doing this we're so happy that you're joining us we're wishing you a fruitful christmas holiday season wishing you a fruitful end to 2016 and a wonderful beginning to 2017 and we can't wait to see you then so for now i'm going to bid you adieu and say goodbye from tachi And goodbye from Kevin. And no matter what time of year it is, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Bye.